Today's episode of One Shining Podcast is brought to you by Cheez-It and Pringles. Hey, Hoops fans, do you want to play in a basketball game with some of today's biggest stars with Charles Barkley or Shaq as your coach? Mm. Well, Pringles and Cheez-It are bringing you that chance with the Celebrity Crunch Classic, all for the win sweepstakes. All you have to do is go vote for Team Cheez-It or Pringles at celebritycrunchclassic.com slash OSP. Visit the site for more details. Pringles versus Cheez-It. Pick a side, stock up, and go for the win. No purchase necessary. We are also brought to you by our good friends at Bud Light. Tate, did, mm. were you aware of this? This is going to blow your mind. What's and, that? Yeah. No corn syrup. Not all alcohol products are required to list their ingredients. Mm. Mm-hmm. It's true. Bud Light is changing the game. They believe that we deserve to know our beer's ingredients, so they put an ingredients label right on their packaging. Bud Light brewed with hops, barley, water, and rice. No corn syrup. No preservatives and no artificial flavors. Find out what ingredients are in your beer. Bud Light, enjoy responsibly. Anheuser-Busch, Bud Light beer, St. Louis, Missouri. I just can't believe it. We're, I can't believe Bud Light and Cheez-It. We, we've come so far from the, the days of fake Arizona iced tea ads. And it's, it's a great combination. <laughs> it's basically the pick and roll of an experience watching basketball. Drink some Bud Light, eat some Cheez-Its, mm-hmm. move on with your life. Uh, we have so much to talk about today. And we should let the world know this is the first time that we can look at each other in the face. I'm here, dude. We are two insane people who usually are in a studio by ourselves talking to a wall. Yep. I mean, it'll drive you crazy. Like, it's the Russ Cole syndrome. You just sit in a room by yourself, <laughs> you go stir crazy, and you just start saying crazy things. So when people are wondering, wow, why are they saying that? I can't believe mm-hmm. that they would say such a thing. It's usually because it's two crazy people sitting in an office by themselves talking at a wall. Also, why does Titus laugh at all the jokes like five seconds after they're made? And it's because I didn't actually hear them. And then <laughs> I, I realized that everyone else is laughing. And I'm like, I'm, I, I should probably laugh at these jokes. So uh, that's it. But I'm here. I'm, I am in L.A. right now. Um, I just want to do a very quick uh, uh, just recap of L.A. because uh, I, I find this useful to keep me grounded, mm. keep me true to my Midwestern roots. All the people, you know, you tweeted something. I was coming out to L.A., all the people in the Midwest were calling me soft. Uh, <laughs> I, I got I got viciously attacked on Twitter. So I want to I want to give back to those people and say that L.A. truly is an incredible place. Uh, every time I come out here, it blows my mind that these places exist. Like I'm staying over in this place. I'm staying in someone's like backyard in like a guest house. First of all, which is hilarious. I'm like Cato Kalen. Um, <laughs> it, it, it's hysterical to me. Uh, I'm staying by this place. Um, the, the the large I didn't large see mob. anything. Yeah, I saw nothing. <laughs> uh, they have they have fucking uh, wine and cheese stores. Like this is a real thing that exists. Mm-hmm. I did not know these were real things. I've heard of like the you hear, you hear people talk about the wine and cheese crowds at games. Certainly, as a Carolina fan, you hear about this. Yes. Um, yes. I didn't know like wine and cheese. I, I know of wine. I know of cheese. Mm-hmm. I know of the concept of eating them together. I did not realize that there are actual stores where you walk in and they literally just have nothing but wine and cheese. Hilarious to me. Well, let's make um, a new store, Bud Light and Cheez Its. Exactly. And then we'll beer and Cheez Its, and we'll sell that. We'll go up against them. If the wine and cheese store wants to advertise on this pod, I'm telling them take a hike. Not no, today. Not us. We we have like there are people just walking around with yoga mats under their under their arms. I I, I saw that. I was walking around Larchmont Village. People just walking around with yoga mats under their arms. I'm looking around. I can't find a yoga studio anywhere. It's just people just like instinctively carrying their yoga mats. It's crazy, dude. You got these. You got everyone like wearing a hat that like. The people at like the hip churches where, you know, like the, the churches where they play the cool music and mm-hmm. the pastor wears like ripped jeans, you know, like everyone's got like one of those hats on. Pastor Carl. Yeah. Who's on Bill's <laughs> pocket. Yeah, that's who it is. Like what the, what, uh, it, it, it's incredible. So, um, I don't know. I want to start a show where it's like, can you believe this shit? And I just like walk around LA and I'm just like, Hey people in the Midwest, can you believe this shit? And I'm just like pointing at stuff that's going on in LA. That's my idea. So. I don't know. No bags at grocery stores. Like what the fuck is that about? Like I can't even bag my groceries. What is it? You got to bring know. your own bags. Yeah. It's crazy. Sort of like college basketball. Yeah. There you go. Good transition. (laughs) (laughs) 
And here we are. We're both in LA. We're both in the studio. We got blowout Let's, Saturday to talk about. So many things happened on Saturday. And then I guess other things happened last night to sort of, you know, take away from the Saturday. What I learned on Saturday was changed drastically yes. by the Sunflower Showdown. Big Monday. Big Monday night. Yep. Uh, we watched Kansas, Kansas State. We'll talk about that. Uh, we got bad guys. We got good guys. There is no Kyle here, but we do have Craig. Mm-hmm. What's so up? We, yeah, we have Craig's guy, which I guess will replace Kyle's guy mm-hmm. this week. Uh, and then a lot more stuff to talk about. We're getting about. into all of it, but first, Woody Durham. He takes the time. All right, Tate, I want to start with this. Um, I I said last week, I brought up, we were, we were talking about basically uh, the, the fallout of Zion's shoe blowing up and everyone talking about um, just Zion, as, which it, it's kind of hard to, it, it's kind of hard to distinguish the different Zion podcasts that we've done. <laughs> it's, it feels like every single goddamn podcast, but um, I mentioned on on the show that someone had Venmoed me two cents. Mm-hmm. To, to to quote Psalm 137 in their message, and I, I mentioned how funny that was. Uh, I got like 30 Venmos since bringing that up, and I just want to I want to say to the people, please stop Venmoing me money. Um, it it I've learned that it is like against Venmo's terms of service to solicit Venmo donations. I got so many people like. John Teske is actually Michigan's best player, and some guy sent me like a quarter. <laughs> just like everybody's Venmoing me money. Cash out. Get out of there. I, I can't say enough. Please stop Venmoing me money at Mark the Shark thirty four. I I I I do not want you to do that. He's it actually winking very right much. now. This is something that I could not see before. <laughs> He's winking right at me. He's saying, "Please don't Venmo him," but please. It continue. is so annoying that this is going on, Tate. So I just wanted to, with peace and love, peace and love. I will it's not, not be about accepting profits, folks. any Venmo. <laughs> this is nonprofit conversations. All right, pay the players, goddammit. it! Don't pay me. Um, yeah, I'm pretty sure the know. same guy that sent you Psalm 37 sent me one cent because oh, really? someone Venmoed me one cent. I guess he didn't want my two cents. He just wanted was, one cent. I was sitting in the the office the other day with Kyle, and uh, I. Someone would Venmo me again, and I brought it up to him. I was like, "This is so hilarious that like our our fans do this that they just Venmo so penny just to like send us a message." And, he, and I was I I said I was going to tell him to stop, and then he's like, "Well, no shit, dude, have him have him Venmo me." <laughs> and then he uh, Tom Shady three hundred. <laughs> feel free to send him all the Venmos. He needs all he can get. The man has to Uber here every day. Uh, so please, if you have any, if you have an inclination to send a Bible verse and maybe a couple cents, send it to and, Kyle. No, but then uh, the idea we came up with is that Kyle, Kyle said he will, he he wants to do a thing where like whoever, and and, and again, I'm not saying that this is an official thing, people. We're 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 fleshing out a half baked idea here. Don't actually do this, but uh, where uh, Kyle said he he will read whatever message is sent to him. Whoever's the highest bidder of the week, he'll read it on the podcast. <laughs> this is how he's gonna raise money. He's like. Whoever Venmo's me the most money, I will read whatever messenger is on the podcast. It's hilarious. It's a great, great business idea, Kyle. And now it's out in the world. Yeah, so if you world. if you have a great idea and you want to spend some cash, Tom Shady three hundred, go to Venmo, put it in, send it to seems him. Seems like a very bad idea. Uh, a, this seems like some sort of of laundering or racketeering. <laughs> or, uh, uh, yeah, this is our new shell company. It's actually a podcast, yeah. and we are funneling money through Venmo. Uh, it is almost March Madness tape. People are tuning in. They they want the basketball. That's what they really want. They want to hear us talk X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's. Um, mm. We we have to we but it is Tuesday so we have to stick to our guns and do what we do best which is talk about the good guys and the bad guys and the Kyle guys. Um, we will start as we always do with good guys. I feel like 
I feel like I know where you're going to go with your good guy. Mm. And uh, you have a sad look on your face. No, because uh, like I said, Saturday was such a weird day because I, I'm back in North Carolina. I'm watching all these games. I went to the Florida State-North Carolina game, and then I'm on my phone just like watching games because it was a blowout. You know, Leonard Hamilton was just as invested as I was in watching the game. He sat on the bench in his mock turtleneck the entire time, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he was like, what? <laughs> How much time? Huh? What, Dana? Uh, and that was what was going on uh, as I was watching these games because I was so confused. I, I'm looking at the score and I'm watching Texas Tech just completely obliterate Kansas. Yeah, and I'm thinking, And I'm thinking to myself, all right, well, Bill Self, line yourself up, folks. You're going to be my good guy of the week. But, of course, we know the rules of the good guy. You have to actually mm-hmm. fall in line with what it means to be a good guy. And when you have bad complications, mm-hmm. and not bad, bad complications, mm-hmm. that takes you away from being a good guy. So I knocked him and nixed him out of that. So I'm going through the rest of the things. And then I see a program that I stand by, that I'm with, no matter what. My heart is not divided. My heart is decided. And that is a rivalry that we have discussed and a rivalry that mm-hmm. we attended in person. Uh, you know, back in uh, about a year ago, back in yeah, 2018, yeah. a long time ago, uh, something that we dedicated ourselves to. And that was a of course, the SMU-TCU rivalry. America's and, next great college basketball rivalry. And it's only growing, and the allure uh-huh. is only getting better <laughs> and bigger as we move on. And it all came at the hands. It all falls down, and it was all Taco Falls. Uh, this is this is the moment. And it's Taco, but I like Taco better. Taco Fall. They blow them out. This is, <laughs> this is the worst loss in program history for Tim Jankovic, 95 to 48. Not for Tim Jankovic, but just for SMU, the Mustangs, SMU as, as a program. This is their worst loss. And this is coming on the hills of beating UConn, the great Dan Hurley, a man who will take a charge for anyone. They beat them last week, have a great game. They shot 58% from the field. Uh, and then in this game, shoot 20% in the first half. Uh, it was just a complete obliteration. And if you're getting blown out by Johnny Dawkins, and of course, you know, they do have town on UCF. We've talked about them a little bit. But you get blown out in this game. A lot of people are pointing to... You know, what What are we going to—this this is still feels like it's tied to the Larry Brown era. We don't know what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. But Tim Jankovic, as we know, is such a nice guy. Great guy. Great guy. And, Fantastic you know, guy. runs a clean program, gets everything Absolutely. together, gets gets his team worked up and ready to play, plays and does things the right way. We've mm-hmm. seen the beautiful arena that they have down in Dallas. But when you lose a game like this— the people and the headlines, they're mm-hmm. going to come after you hard, despite what you did against Dan Hurley, despite you know playing a pretty solid game against Temple. Uh, this is the thing that that draws the headlines, and then people go, that haven't been watching, as we know, they go, what's going on with this team? Mm-hmm. we got to get a new coach in here. Well, and S- that's where we're at. SMU is not a program where you want to be a good guy. That's, no. That is definitely not a program uh, where, like SMU fans do not care if you're a nice person and you're losing. They, in fact, they want the exact opposite. They, uh, it, 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 it does, yeah. Forty-seven point he, loss is hard to come back from. They're on probation still, I think, from mm-hmm. Larry Brown stuff, right? Yes, but they, they have, don't. But SMU fans, like, they don't care. They're like, we have money. We are giving you money. Win us some goddamn games. That's all we care about. I don't care how you do it. We 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 don't care how the sausage is made. Give us your sausage, Tim. <laughs> yeah, give us the meat. Yeah. that's a, I, Speaking of, this is a random aside. I watched uh, this Tiger Woods video that he did the uh, other day. This is, you know, in the middle of golf season, as we know. Uh, and Tiger Woods did, like, this little short video. Speaking of sausage. Spe- yeah. yeah. No, <laughs> I, I shit you not. You should go watch this video. They're like... They're like, what's your favorite thing? And he's like, what's, what's your guilty pleasure? He's like, pizza. You know, and Tiger Woods said, pizza. And then, what kind of pizza? And it's like, you know, a fairly attractive girl that's doing the interview. He's like, meats. <laughs> and it was like the, the most awkward silence for a second. And then she's like, what kind of meats? He's like, bacon, pepperoni. It was like the most sensual discussion of pizza I've ever heard with Tiger Woods. Uh, but anyways, back, back, but, to but back, to, back to UCF. They outscored SMU 46-14 to 14 in the paint. 
That's crazy. That makes no sense. Again, 47-point loss. And I'm looking around, but I think if you're SMU, who do you even go after at this point to replace a Tim mm-hmm. Jankovic? Who has this tie to Larry Brown? Who has a tie to the good old days mm-hmm. of maybe Emmanuel Moutier will come. We don't mm-hmm. know. Possibly. Maybe we'll make a run with Nick Moore and try to go and surprise some people in the tournament. Maybe, you know, Bryce Alford's shot shouldn't have counted in the tournament. All the good old days about four or five years ago with SMU basketball feels very far removed. And now we're at a point with Tim Jankovic where he is the face of the good guys. And I don't know what's next because I feel like the big boosters down at SMU, they're going to have some questions. And uh, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm scared about what the answer may be. Shaka. Mm. Shaka, just move from Austin to Dallas. Just pack your stuff, move up to Dallas, and you're good. Yeah. Shaka's still... Hmm. Let me think. Isn't Buzz Williams? Does isn't Buzz Williams getting all the 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 like Buzz Williams is from Texas, so he's mm-hmm. he's the name for like Texas A and M and Texas of Shaka. What about Buzz? And, and Buzz has got the junior Buzz Williams. It's a huge step down. Calm down, Virginia mm-hmm. Tech fans. I understand that. But, no, but he uh, went to junior college, so it's actually yeah, everything is a step up right. for Buzz Williams because he'll remind you of that. So right. This, exactly. This is actually a big job for him. This yeah. is not. He's not going to something less. Going to a private school with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. I'm. I don't care <laughs> what conference they play in. That's a step what, up for me. Yeah. In, in Dallas, in a major city, that's a step up. I don't care any, anything else. Tulane is a great job. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Tulane would be a great job under the, yeah, if you know what you're doing. <laughs> um, yeah, Jankovic, uh, I, I went and saw the practice. I think I told this on the podcast uh, when I went to the practice, but I'll never forget. He said uh, he casually, a guy, like one of the guys, uh, or they're, they're practicing, whatever. Something happens, and, and he says to his team, that looks really good. I think you guys could win state playing this way or something and he was just being very dry very sarcastic ripping his team to shreds by just saying I think you could possibly win the state championship in high school and um, I've been a fan of his ever since then because I, I was just dying laughing on the sideline and, and being but, funny uh, and being sarcastic and having a little satire in your coaching yeah. you know that's that's what good guys do and that's why Tim Jankovic is my good guy unfortunately week. no one cares you gotta win some ball games Timmy that's that's how it works at SMU um <laughs> Speaking of always of, has always will. Speaking of guys who should be good guys but uh, are disqualified, my good guy, my my gut instinct as I'm watching speak blowout Saturday, mm-hmm. Kentucky absolutely beating the brakes off of off of Auburn. Auburn loses by 27 in Rupp Arena. This is an Auburn team that uh, won the SEC last year with Tennessee. They lose Mustafa Heron. They lose uh, Deshaun Murray. Transfers to Western Kentucky. Mm-hmm. But they, other than that, they basically have their whole team back, right? Like Bryce Brown's back, Jared Harper's back. They're shooting the threes. The Austin Wiley's back. They got like their whole team that we know, all the guys we know and love. And we remember not what it was like a month ago. Bruce Pearl put out to the world when they were about number fourteen in the country. He asked mm-hmm. everyone. He asked us, people like us that talk about college basketball. Why is no one talking why is about no one us? Talking about why us? is no one gassing us up? They're preseason number eleven. Uh, they they spend most of the non conference. Uh, a schedule in the top 10. So this was the team we had high hopes for, Tate. They're currently 18-9. They are 7-7 seven and seven in the SEC, which is tied for 8th place in the SEC with Alabama. Um, this is the, Auburn is not good, and I just wanted to I just wanted to point that out, that Auburn, uh, that under any other circumstances, Bruce Pearl would be my good guy. But as you said, uh, Bruce Pearl is not a good guy. Bruce Pearl sucks. Bruce Pearl is the worst. I, I feel like we need to remind people of this, that Bruce Pearl has the, the charisma. He goes on TV... He he is is a fun interview. He paints his chest at the Tennessee Where's games. Where's the orange jacket? Oh my God, this mm-hmm. guy's awesome. Bruce Pearl is the worst. Bruce Pearl is the absolute <laughs> worst. Uh, going back all the way back to the early stages of his career, where he the Deion Thomas situation, mm. all the way to the Aaron Craft barbecue, where he lies about that. 
Um, now I know the Auburn, like the, the Chuck Person thing. That situation is different than like some of the other FBI stuff that's going on. But just his whole attitude of he's he's the fucking worst. And and for some reason he pulls the wool over America's eyes. And everyone thinks because he's charismatic and all this like. The guy sucks. He's a slime ball, and Auburn sucks. And it's so it's so satisfying to see because like last year, as Auburn was winning, like we purposely like didn't talk about Auburn a lot. Um, and it feels good. It because feels good to be cloud. vindicated. We, we, I, yes. and, and I should say, like I like Auburn. Uh, I, I, Auburn fans are losing their minds listening. If they're even listening at this point, they've probably given up and are looking forward to to football recruiting. Um, <laughs> they're not following spring John. games coming yeah, up. Spring games. Yep. Uh, but uh, any Auburn fan listening. I wish you well. Like I watch the Auburn games. I want to go to a game at Auburn. It seems like a ton of like those fans are are really getting back into basketball. I'm sure they love Bruce Pearl because he's bringing an excitement to the all that. I'm just saying, as like a neutral observer, this guy should not be in college basketball whatsoever. Um, and it's it's I don't mind that he is uh, struggling this year. Put it that way. But he's not my good guy because, as you said, good guys have to be good guys. Yes. So my good guy of the week is a man who uh, a lot of people use his last name. In, in replace of the month of March on their January, calendars. February, February Beeline. Beeline. John Beeline, uh, who took the title of Mr. March from Tom Izzo. Did he, Every time he, you say Mr. March, <laughs> I just think of Mr. Manager, and I can't get over it. I, I just, all I can think about is Michael Sarah going into the March Madness and saying, you are now Mr. March, <laughs> and putting a crown on his head. <laughs> but go on with your good guy. <laughs> John Beeline is Mr. March. He's a coaching genius. Uh, everyone is they they fall in love with his offense uh, with the Trey Burke and Nick Stauskas and, and and those teams in 2013. And then now it's a pivot. Now defense. I've loved this Michigan team at the beginning of the year when they beat the brakes off Carolina. I was like, oh my god, I I, I still like this Michigan team a lot. Um, but. That was tough, what happened to Michigan State. And a lot of people came away from that game. Not me. Certainly not me. I'm just saying many people are saying that uh, Tom Izzo outcoached John Beeline. So we're we're back to that now. Like, Izzo is getting his mojo back. And I'm not saying I called this, but I called this at the beginning of the season that Tom Izzo found his mojo. I called the the manufactured adversity. Mm-hmm. You got Josh Lankford, who's out for the year with his, or is he? Hmm. We don't really know yet. I've, for the regular season. For the regular season. Yeah. That's all we know. I have a I have a feeling that the the Sweet Sixteen, like after after Michigan State clinches the Sweet Sixteen birth, footage like, of Langford in practice. Yeah. yeah, like putting shots up. Everyone's slowly like looking good. Maybe there's a chance. Nick Ward has the fracture in his hand and needs surgery. They're going into Michigan. Michigan has kind of owned them in recent years in this rivalry. They're playing in Ann Arbor. And uh John Beeline says, You know what, Tom? Our ball screen defense for this game, we're just not going to play it. We're just going to let Cassius Winston just just set a bunch of ball screens, and our guys are just going to get completely lost. And Cassius Winston can do whatever he wants. And uh, yeah, that's there, it. There was one exact sequence where I remember Cassius Winston in the lane had three different screens set for him, and he just kept going. It was just like down, 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 mm-hmm. down. Finally, lays it in. Uh, he had a great game, calling him Cash for the rest of the season. Of course, uh, has been Cash for a while. He's been on a different level. Izzo is doing a great job in that game. You talk about adversity with Nick Ward out, and obviously, you know, we got the Ewing theory with Nick Ward. You know, mm-hmm. what does that mean without him on the floor? Xavier Tillman steps up, plays really well for them. They have an inside presence, but also Tom Izzo as they're getting fouls. I can't remember who got his third foul, but he grabbed him and just freaks out. And they're like, "Yeah, Izzo's just so worried about his depth in this game. Mm-hmm. You know, without Nick Ward, you know, this this is a big problem." So even in the game, he's like, we are shorthanded here. We're on the road. We're not supposed to win this game. It's not going to really work out. And then we go to halftime, and both of the projections going into the second half were basically, I think Swaggy Pool 
is going to win this game. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, it, it, it plays and tickles my heart to hear such a nice thing about Swaggy Pool. But just the fact that at halftime, they're like, in the second half, Swaggy Pool will come out and he will win this game somehow. I like that because that is what Tom Izzo wants. He wants you to believe that Michigan is in control of this game. And instead, Michigan State comes out and basically just chokes him out. Aaron's has a great game, uh, plays great defense, has some big moments in there. And they just kind of roll out the red carpet and win this game pretty easily. And even Michigan fans in the building looked a little shocked and stunned that they weren't the team to make the run uh, at the end of the day. I'm not giving up on Michigan, but... uh I'm I I I don't love Michigan. It's not because they lost. Like I haven't loved Michigan for a little while. Mm-hmm. It's because every time I watch them, they feel so disjointed now. Where like Poole and Brass Dacus are their scorers, but they don't want to play defense at all, which is part of their problem. Like if you set ball, like all you have to really do is set a ball screen with one of those guys. Whoever whoever those guys are guarding, set a ball screen for the point guard, and then Xavier Simpson like. Th- those they're going to switch or they they don't want to hedge uh Brazdakis and Poole they don't like none of those guys want to John Teske isn't that great at, at hedging ball screens either mm-hmm. but um you got Brazdakis and Poole they don't really want to play defense they just kind of do cuz they they have to and, th- and then on the other end you got Matthews and Simpson can't score like every time every time Simpson makes a basket it feels like an accident mm-hmm. like every single time the ball goes in when Simpson shoots it I'm like I don't think he meant to do that you I think mean, just accidentally you mean the sky hook is not yeah. like Kareem it's like that looked like yeah. an accident Charles mm-hmm. Matthews can't shoot and it was okay last year because Michigan had enough shooters around the perimeter that it like, and, and Wagner stepping out. So like, you don't have a big guy clogging the paint, all that kind of stuff. So he had room to drive and be athletic and stuff. Now he has like no room to drive. He can't shoot. He's completely lost on offense most of the time. Simpson, as I said, is an accident. Teske like just kind of doesn't really, does a little bit of both, like kind of well, but isn't, it's, it's, they're a very weird team. And it sucks because I'm, you know, I, people that are just tuning in that haven't been following us all year, you're going to think I'm being a hater because I went to Ohio State, whatever. I'm not. I love Michigan. I wrote an article about how much I love Michigan this year. I really, really like this team. Uh, but they're trending the wrong direction in that regard. It's not even that they lost this game. It's just sort of the way it's going for them. They, I, I watched them. They're, they're not in sync. They, they can't score. They go long stretches and they can't score. Um, it's tough. The thing that I like to me, we talked about it. You were like, who is the best player on this team? And we argued at one time it could be Charles Matthews and it could be Simpson or maybe it's Jacobs, whoever it may be. And the perfect example of that to me in that game was uh, they had the ball. This is right before halftime. They took a timeout with like 14 seconds left. They go in the huddle with Beeline. He draws up a play. And I don't know if they ran whatever he drew up, but based on the faces, yeah. whatever Xavier Simpson decided to do was not what they drew up because Jacobs, as he was going to the locker room, he could look kind of like. I think I probably should have taken that shot because he had this nice little run, like nice little turnaround, like a couple possessions before. It looked like he was kind of getting going a little bit on offense. So he doesn't get that shot. Simpson, it it seems like all those guys are trying to figure out, like we said, who is the one guy to do this? And Simpson thinks he is. Right. Brasdakis thinks he is. Matthews, Poole. I don't know who it is. The problem I've noticed, too, is in the non-conference schedule when Michigan was rolling and we were doing those who's the best player on Michigan discussions, Mm -hmm. it was the argument was based on like, all the guys were great. Yeah, everyone's playing It was great. like, everyone's great. Mm-hmm. It's like, I I love the way Charles Matthews plays. It's like, well, I love how Braz Dacus is playing. Well, I love Simpson. And now it's gotten to a point where I feel like the discussions that I would have with people about who Michigan's best player is, you're basically just saying all the problems with everyone. You're like, it can't be Poole. Poole doesn't guard to save his life. If he just kind of jacks threes, that's pretty much all he wants to do out there. He's good. He'll get hot. He's, he's fun to watch. But he can't. He can't be the best player, can he? And it's like, well, it can't be Matthews because. And you just go through and you're saying all the reasons it can't be these guys. And that's a tough spot to be in if you're. I mean, Michigan's going to be fine. They're a good team. They're probably going to make the Sweet 16 at least. Uh, this has been a great season. 
But um, if we're talking about like national championship contenders, I've, I'm very concerned about Michigan. And also in the Big Ten, you know, we talked about it. It's Michigan and Michigan State. I think this game was the the, the tipping point right. to okay, now Michigan State's back in front. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Which, of course, they win the game. That That's obviously an understood thing. Okay, of course, they're back but in front. we should point out, this game was played in February. Yes. The rematch will be in March. Yes. That is when we'll find out who the who real is Mr. Mr. March. <laughs> that is when we're going to find it out. Uh, Cassius Winston, 27-8. and eight. He's he's locked up Big Ten Player of the Year in my mind. Um, Carson Edwards is, I think, I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I, from memory, I think he is two for his last 74 from the field. Carson Edwards mm-hmm. is in his last three games. Uh, so you can't give it to Carson Edwards. Um, Ethan Happ, the Stadners love him, but like, can can you can the Big Ten Player of the Year really be sitting on the bench in the final like two minutes of every game? That's close because he's a liability at the free throw line. I don't think so. Uh, I think Cassius Winston is locked. If you're doing hack a Happ, and that's a, that's a game plan and a strategy in a close game that we're going to hack this guy. Yeah. I don't think that you could then be like, like you know what, this guy's the best, the best player, player <laughs> in the entire conference. <laughs> you're talking about things knocking you off. You know, that's probably one of those things that will knock you off the dock uh, yeah. as far as being that guy. And I, and I think Cassius Winston to me the most surprising part is it seems like he is completely in control. I, I've I've always liked Cassius Winston, but I've always felt like. He's going to have some sort of he issue. He has a lot of turnovers. Yeah, exactly. Like yeah, Izzo's going to yeah. go up to him and be like, what the hell are you doing? But right. in that Michigan game, he seemed very it, it felt in like control. He, it felt like I mean? he took it personally that uh, there's been a lot of jawing recently in the mm. last couple of years about how Simpson has his number and just puts the clamps on him. And, yeah. and Xavier Simpson's the best defender in college basketball. And just every point guard that plays Michigan, he swallows alive. And then Winston just said, okay, cool, cool. Sounds good. Here's uh, here's 27-8. and eight. Enjoy that. And he wasn't even shooting threes either. That was what was brilliant about it. He's, he was, he's great. He's great. Michigan State is a good team. Michigan State is a really, really good college basketball team. If I'm being honest with you, though, like I have the same concerns with Michigan State today as I had at the start of the season that I'm going to have all season. Um, and I'll probably be saying this as they're hoisting the national championship trophy, but it's like th- they have an obvious talent limit. There's not a single guy on there that you'd say would be would play even a single NBA minute, much less like be in the league in five years. Um, that is a problem to me, but... They are a very, very good college basketball team, and Izzo gets the most out of his guys, which is why he's Mr. March. There's also this note. Uh, I want to shout out the guy on Reddit who pointed this out. Uh, all of Tom Izzo's seven Final Four teams hmm. uh, won in Ann Arbor, Tate. So so is it the year of the Big Ten? That's I'm not, what we're asking. Yeah, It seems like a year for Tom Izzo to make a run, and we saw it Feels like at the Champions Classic. The and, year. of course, the Champions Classic dictates everything that happens in college basketball. Mm-hmm. We know that. Uh, so that's where we are. I also want to point out Steve Fisher. Uh, at this game, the 1989 team, 30 years, yeah, uh, they were honored. Uh, he said, "I love my experience at Michigan. I didn't like the way it ended." Uh, he also <laughs> <laughs> he also during the speech uh, said that uh, it was an opportunity to go to a place, America's finest city, Ooh. Ann Arbor, which was a, a nice little jab to uh, you know anyone Hold that's on, a Craig. Michigan State fan in the building. Yeah, <laughs> our guy Craig went to San Diego State. He, uh, <laughs> that's tough. That is tough. Steve Fisher is he's not settling down in San Diego. Is, is Steve, Craig is Steve Fisher still coaching San Diego State Steve? though? What is he doing? Uh, Brian Dutcher now. I don't know oh really? Coaching. But uh, he still has a job at San Diego yeah, State, he right? He's got uh, like the San Diego State still Division One. Do you think that Calm Steve down. Fisher forgot it, that he was in Ann Arbor and thought he was at the San Diego State game? He's like, this is weird. Uh, calm down, Craig. We'll call on you later. You, you get a you get a fill in for Kyle for Kyle's guy this week. Keep keep get, get your San Diego State takes lined up. We'll, we'll get to you in a second. Uh, you want to move on to bad guys? Yes, please. 
Um, there, there, I feel like we're going to have a joint bad guy because there's one story we have to hit. Uh, should we just hit the hit the big story first? Yes. And, um, I, I guess th- there are two coaches involved, so you pick one, I'll pick the other. But uh, the Yahoo boys are the back. Yahoo boys. The holy trinity of bag dropping journalism has has struck again on Monday. Pat Forty, Pete Thamel, Dan Wetzel write a story that that Will Wade and Sean Miller have been notified that they are going to be subpoenaed in this upcoming trial, April 27th. Preliminary notifications. Preliminary. Yeah. Yes. It's like a courtesy, they mm-hmm. said. They said, like, the reason the reason that they're being notified is so they're not publicly embarrassed by being served, like, during a game. It actually said this in their article. They're like, mm-hmm. the reason they might do this is so uh, they're not served in the middle of a game. It's a and courtesy. I like, and I read that. I was like, are you fucking kidding me, dude? Like, that would be the coolest thing ever if they were served in the middle of the game. Can you imagine that? In the That's pe- what we've always wanted. We've Are always wanted the me? FBI to sprint down yes. to the court with the in glasses the second, on. Like LSU and the like, the opening tip of the the LSU has not made a tournament in three years, four years, whatever it is, when before Ben Simmons came and ruined the program. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was the last time they made the tournament, and they're they're their first tournament in a few years, and they're about to tip off, and the FBI comes and and serves Will Wade on the bench. Just walk straight out there and serve. That would be incredible. It also could be in a practice too. So Where you, has my country gone? Could you imagine Will Wade making some sat, you know, mm-hmm. sarcastic comment, basically being like, "You guys look like you're going to win states this year." Then all of a sudden, the FBI is arresting him and pinning him down to the floor, and you're that player yeah, that you're yeah. just talking like, "Take that, coach." Like, <laughs> the, see you later. Coach is like, like the, the, if this was a movie, you'd get the shot of Will Wade telling his, like yelling at his guys, and he's like. You guys, uh, the, I, I've had enough of you guys today. And then, and then the, the camera cuts to the FBI, like standing in the 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 tunnel of the the thing, and they blow the whistle, and they're like, "No, coach, we've had enough of you." And they walk down, pulling out their cuffs, and it's like, "Oh shit, yeah, that could have been that could have been so much better." But anyway, um, they get they get notified that they're going to be subpoenaed. Uh, uh, they they drop it in here. This isn't this is a classic journal. I love this You've journalism. Been served. This little journalism trick mm-hmm. that, that people are doing more and more these days. But um, they did mention this in the article that this isn't much of a surprise. Uh, but as an aside, I love that this is like a journalism trick where it's like, if you don't have a scoop, but you want to pretend like you had the scoop or you're just like, yeah, that's not much of a surprise. It's like a, like a story comes out and it's like, <laughs> like Anthony Davis is getting traded to the Cavaliers. And you're like, and, and then I would like retweet it and put like, yeah, not much of a surprise on my end. I've been hearing these things. You know, it's like I, I retroactively try I'm, to get the scoop. I'm going to get a hat tip to one of the guys I used to work with, Sherelle McMillan at Inside Carolina. One of his favorite things in the world in media is when you take a story and you use the phrase "as expected." As expected. Yeah. As there expected. That's what it is. Will Wade. <laughs> as expected. Will not respond to um, the preliminary reports. So yes. Will Wade is my bad guy of the week because, uh, it, as I said, Sean Miller and Will Wade are both tied up in the story, but uh, Sean Miller gets all the pub because uh, we have the West we, Coast bias. We have the tape of mm. Sean Miller. Um, we, it has not been released yet, but we have it, mm-hmm. of Sean Miller offering DeAndre Ayton $100,000. Um, so he, he's been getting all the publicity. Will Wade has kind of been under the radar. You know, like people have forgotten that Will Wade's involved in this. That he's, gotten, he's just kind of sliding under the radar. And it's interesting that this happens right on the heels of Will Wade beating Tennessee on Saturday. Uh, LSU has won two straight games against top five teams. This has not happened since 1980 at LSU. Uh, not only have they won, they've won like in thrilling fashion. They have the tip-in at Kentucky at Rupp mm-hmm. Arena. Um, and then they, the, the Grant Williams boneheaded foul in overtime. Um, Big Blue Nation says the alleged yeah. tip-in. The alleged. Yeah, the goaltending. <laughs> the goaltending. The, the basket interference. <laughs> uh, so the fact that like Will Wade is basically saying, like he's beating these top five teams. He's saying, hey, everybody, look at me. Look what's happening. Mm-hmm. And then everyone's like, okay, let's look at you. And you're subpoenaed, bitch. 
And that's kind of how it's going. And I just wanted to call some attention to Will Wade and some of the, the stuff going on within this article. And, and I will say, Will Wade, uh, I love how these coaches are all handling this. Here, here's his quote on, I've been focusing on the team and our guys. Mm-hmm. I haven't been following it. How can you not be following you're something following that was sent it. directly to you? That's like a, someone sends you an email or something in the mail, and you're like, I haven't been looking at it. I've been fo- well, it's direct. It's for you. That was you're- OJ's defense, too. He's like, what? What's going on? Is there a, is there a case? Is I wasn't there, I wasn't was, there. Uh, well, the, it actually brings up a, the, the whole denial. The what, what is this? It brings up a good point. So they're going to be subpoenaed. They're going to have to go testify. Mm-hmm. But can they not? I'm not a lawyer. Um, I should preface it with that. But can they not just plead the fifth? Can they not? Can these guys just not just go on like— because in our minds, we hear subpoenaed. You hear the government says you must come to this trial. You must answer these questions. But there's also the Fifth Amendment, and they could just be like, nah, I'm not answering The new that. four corners are just yeah. putting up the five. Yeah, put up the five. <laughs> <laughs> um, One, two, three, four, But then the other, the other interesting wrinkle, though, so like the Fifth might work for – to, to not be incriminated in, a, in, in, in the way we think of incrimination where like going to prison or whatever. But – Pleading the fifth would be a really tough look for the NCAA, right? Like, I mean, because there's like two trials going on, basically. Mm -hmm. There's the trial of should these guys go to prison? And then there's the trial of the NCAA, which is should we fire? Should they be fired? Should they have banners taken down? Should what what should happen there? Um, So I think like pleading the fifth will help them not go to prison if that's I, 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 I'm assuming they don't really have that much stuff on them anyway because if, if they did if they would have arrested those guys there are two choices between prison of, and someone telling you that the games that you won and we all watched you win didn't count, didn't count then yeah. I think we'll just take that I think we'll take option but two. that's the point I'm making is that I think they're going to just plead the fifth not incriminate themselves in mm-hmm. any way again like I don't think that if, if, if the FBI actually had a ton of stuff on them to like actually arrest them and throw them away they would have arrested them they wouldn't just be subpoenaing them and asking them to testify at a trial uh Again, not a lawyer. Um, but uh, what's interesting is that they could still, by by taking that route of like not incriminating themselves, the NCAA could take that as like an admission of guilt, nonetheless. Because as we've said, the NCAA, the new NCAA rules are basically like when when scandal hits a program, the head coach is guilty until proven innocent. Now mm-hmm. you, you can't do the plausible deniability thing anymore. So if the head coach is saying, "I knew nothing about this," the NCAA says, "That's too bad. You're still guilty," and that's interesting to me. And we heard in October Will Wade said to the world uh, at SEC Media Days, I have never done any business with Christian Dawkins, right? So that's that's on the record. He did say that. And Meanwhile, also- there's a wiretap of him talking <laughs> to Christian Dawkins where he says, uh, th- I actually have the quote please, please. that they played. He said, uh, would you want Balsa, who Balsa is this 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 big kid, basically, just a recruit. Would you want this recruit, Dawkins asked. Oh, the big kid, Wade responded. Dawkins confirmed. Okay, but there is other shit involved in it, Wade said. Wait, I've got to go shut the door. And then he goes and shuts the door. Then he says, I can get you what you need, but it's got to work. He's on wiretap saying this. They released the tapes. We we have the tapes. Yes. Thank you for releasing those tapes. Mm-hmm. Um and then he and then he goes on to say, I've done no business with Christian Dawkins. <laughs> Which I've been trying to work I've been trying to work my way back to what else he could be talking about. Uh as opposed to this player Balsa. Like maybe he's getting like a big thing of balsamic vinaigrette or um, something like that from yeah. the you know, it's like the I don't know. There, there's something that he can maybe figure out to try to try to do this. But saying, wait, I've got to shut the door and then taking a couple of beats while you close the door and then whispering into the phone, I can get you what you need, but it's gotta work. Mm-hmm. Uh that is probably the most casino de Niro move you could ever make. 
uh, in this type of situation. You're, so, so Will Wade, that is this is all bad guy moves. You're gonna love this too about Will Wade. Um, do you know what his first coaching? First of all, Will Wade is like 36, 36 yeah, which yeah. is wild to me. Like I could have gone to high school with Will Wade. Mm-hmm. He would have been probably a senior when I was a freshman. So, um, hire me somebody out there. <laughs> um, is the point. I'm not too young to coach. Uh, Will Wade's first ever coaching job, real coaching job, not like director of ops or video coordinator or whatever, uh, assistant coach uh, was where? Oak Hill. Harvard. He was the very first hire that Tommy Amaker made in 2007. Bad guy. Your thoughts, Dave? Bad guy. <laughs> uh, this goes all the way to the top. It goes all the way to the top. Where, where, did, Tommy Amaker, Harvard. where did Tommy Amaker come from? Uh, interesante. Uh, uh, what, 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 uh, interesting. Yeah, private schools. So Will Wade is from the Coach K coaching tree. Yes. Uh, I think Coach, Coach K has to answer for this, for all of this. That's uh, that's that's Hell. what I'm saying. Hell. Do you want to talk about Tennessee a little bit? Why we're why we're talking about Will Wade and the Tennessee game? Like we should probably mention. Like, are you worried about Tennessee? Because no. I have. You're not okay. Because I, I, it's. I'm, I'm gonna okay. I'm. I'm gonna do the thing where I ask you the question that I answer. No, I'm, I'm gonna say I'm not worried <laughs> about Tennessee in the sense that. It depends on what you view Tennessee as. If you were worried about Tennessee being a one seed, then sure, then you should. Yeah. Then you're worried. Then, then Kentucky is basically in the same way that Michigan State has climbed up a little bit in the Big Ten. Like the, Kentucky's doing the same thing in the SEC. I get that. That checks out. Whatever. Whatever. I think the thing with Tennessee, the only thing that concerns me was the way that Rick Barnes acted into the, the game. A little mm-hmm. bit of desperation where he was, he showed his feels it slipping away. A little yeah, bit. it was yeah. the first time that I've seen him almost feel like things weren't going the way they should be uh, with this team because we saw them obviously in Phoenix and we saw how great they were. They were all together and it seemed like Schofield, Grant Williams, everything was rolling. In this game, it was kind of a dirty game, kind of an ugly game. Smart was talking a bunch of junk, you know, like putting the ball down at the free throw line after making yeah. a layup, and you know the refs are like, please just don't do that. <laughs> Please, come on, <laughs> sir. <laughs> sir come on. <laughs> come on. This is my job. Uh, and and so in that sense, I I I'm, I understand where there could be some concern with Tennessee, but I don't worry about Schofield and Grant Williams because the tournament is what they're playing for. Because here's, again, they're jaded by Sister Jean. That's what they're worried about. Here's my spicy take that. Yes. Uh, um, and again, I'll preface it again. I love Tennessee as well. Uh, you can go by. I I think I've written two articles about college basketball this season. Yeah. <laughs> which calm down, people. I'm coming back. I've, I've I'm I'm going to start writing again soon. Um. But I, I wrote like two articles this year so far, and one was about Michigan, and one was about Tennessee because I love them so much. Mm-hmm. So I'm coming from a place of love. I do love this Tennessee team, but they feel like they're getting a little soft, and that's maybe not like completely soft. I'm not talking Pac-12 soft. I'm talking like for a team whose whole mo was like we are tough, we are physical, we are underdogs, we are two star recruits. They're playing like stars. They're playing like stars now, uh, and that's a little worrisome. Like. Schofield was guarding smart, and 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 he he. There were a handful of times where Schofield just like literally lets him go by and just sticks his hands up and is like, "Go ahead, shoot it." And listen, I know you don't want to. Smart pick, made it. I know you don't want to pick up like cheap fouls. I know whatever you're very important to the team. Schofield was killing. He was awesome on offense, all this sort of stuff. But that's not the Tennessee I know and love. The Tennessee I know and love. Nothing easy. Old Big East. Elbow to your face, bitch. I don't know. Send a message. I mean, that's what <laughs> that's what no, we're asking. In all, for in all seriousness, though, like like they got punked by Kentucky. Kentucky mm-hmm. was complete. Jay Billis's favorite word: out physical. Uh, completely out physical. Tennessee. Um, same sort of thing happened to LSU, where LSU just I, I would, it wasn't quite as bad where they punked them, but like Tennessee was not. You don't watch Tennessee anymore and think to yourselves, "Wow, that's a physically." That is a very physically demanding team that, you know, I would hate to play against. 
You don't have those thoughts anymore. You just if, think like they're pretty good. It feels like the December version of their team would literally punk the hell oh, out of the yeah. team we watched oh, yeah. play against LSU because LSU is not necessarily a tough team. Yeah. Again, there's guys on this LSU team that are also mentioned in this report, like Nas Reed and Tremont Waters and guys like that that are these superstar type kids that have been funneled into LSU allegedly by these reports. Allegedly. Allegedly. And uh, you know, so these are the supposed to be the three star. You know, we're not blue chip recruits. We're trying to you know send right. a message. That's what that's the whole mo of this entire team. They feel like they've gotten away from that. But I also will say, in the same way that Louisville has fallen off the face of the earth since the Duke comeback, I feel like Tennessee is dealing with the mental hurdles of mm. that Kentucky game where they thought going into that Kentucky game, all right, we're on their level. And Kentucky pretty much sunned them. Here's and my now theory. they're trying to get back. They're playing. So I know you're not aware of this because we brought it up on the podcast one time, but uh, Settlers of Catan is a board mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. Um, and Tennessee is becoming a little famous for playing Settlers of Catan. Grant Williams is getting off the bus. He's got the Settlers of Catan box it makes them likable we love and we already love these guys we love grant williams and admiral schofield mm-hmm. um but the fact that they you know are playing board games as a team whatever here's the thing you don't know about Sutter's the Catan Tate. it is like the most rage inducing board game of all time it, the, basically the premise is this you have like five resources uh you can realistically only get like three so then you have to start like trading what you have for the res- the other ones you need to get to the five you understand that's pretty mm-hmm. much the game and what happens is everyone just wants to fight each other and I bring that up to say, is Settlers Catan ripping Tennessee apart at the seams? Mm. Is the is the cohesive team that we knew and loved? Are they playing too much Catan? Uh, they're fighting each other over wool and lumber and brick. Are you saying internal strife is leading yes. to us? The, the bartering yes. behind yes. the scenes has led I'm to saying, this problem. Yes, and it's carrying over onto the court. And I, I'm not saying I'm just asking questions. That's all I'm doing. So that's why Rick Barnes is really upset. It wasn't yeah. about the officials. It wasn't about it wasn't about the foul with six cents of a he second was, left. It was about Katan getting in the way was, of his players. He was yelling at he was yelling at Grant Williams like I need some the goddamn or. wheat. <laughs> why would you not trade me for fucking wheat? <laughs> Maybe that's what's going on. Makes you think. Uh, all right. So so to recap, we're we're just split bad guys. You're Sean Miller. We don't really talk about Sean Miller much, but we don't need to. Sean Miller's Sean Miller is getting fired, by the way. That's happening. I think that's happening. It's pretty much inevitable. I and think it, it's it, like it's almost it's almost shocking to me that it has become this. I if you had told us when all of this when the Yahoo boys first came out with the gavel, if you told us that story last year and you said Sean Miller will still be at Arizona. Yet the cloud would still be, you know, in the ether. I would say, wow, of course. Like, how has that happened? What did mm-hmm. he do? Did, did mm-hmm. he win the national championship to stay? Yeah, out? right, exactly. You know, and then you're like, no, he lost to Buffalo. No, he fin- he lost to <laughs> Buffalo and then finished eighth in the Pac-12. Yeah. So it's like it seems like it's kind of riding yeah. its own. But they do have the number one recruiting class next year. I Nico think Mannion. Nico's coming regardless, right? Yeah, I mean, he's because he's from Arizona. Exactly. Yeah. He's, he's in Arizona. Yeah. I think I think that's what's gonna end up happening. Is like they're gonna the whole thing is Arizona's board of regents or whatever. They're probably trying to find a way to finesse this where they don't lose a recruiting class, but tell Sean to take a hike. I think Sean wants to get fired, by the way. That's my feeling. Mm-hmm. Like I just put myself in his shoes. Just put me out of my misery. Just like end this. This is so it's 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 like he's it feels like I'm watching a cartoon like someone's in a boat and there's just a bunch of holes at the bottom of the boat and you just keep like trying to plug up all these holes and it just becomes more comical and mm-hmm. the water keeps shit you know that's the I don't know why that's the analogy that came to mind but that's how I feel about Sean Miller and he's just like just let the ship go down Sean. yeah so it's not just, sweat it's water in the yeah, boat right. that, that's actually soaking him at this point point. and the good news is that maybe SMU opens up and, uh, oh, oh, oh god oh my god see it all comes full circle Sean with the bag. Miller at SMU makes sense. Oh, God. Send him to Texas. Whew. Whew. Now I'm sweating. <laughs> <laughs>
All right, let's take a break. We'll come back. We'll talk about Kyle Guy. There is some news we got to get to mm-hmm. with uh, with Kyle Guy, and uh, we will we will talk about some of the other games that we need to hit. But first, uh, a word from those who dropped the bag for us. Quick break to get a word from our sponsor, Hotel Tonight. This winter is a great time to check out Hotel Tonight. Whether you want to take a spontaneous ski trip or escape to a warm beach, Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book a room with one of their last-minute deals. There are tons of empty hotel rooms out there just waiting to be booked. That's how Hotel Tonight scores such incredible rates. They team up with awesome hotels to help them sell those rooms and pass the savings along to you. And these aren't last-resort-type places. Hotel Tonight works with cool, top-rated hotels you actually want to stay at unlike other travel companies you don't have to scroll through the endless list of hotels hotel tonight shows you the best deals at great hotels along with short profiles that have pictures and all the info you need even though their name is hotel tonight they're not just for last minute bookings you can play things by year or use hotel tonight to book in advance and when you join hotel tonight's hd perks program the more you book the better deals you get to start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now All right, Tate, we're back. Uh, it is time for Kyle Guy update. We have some some personal news, I suppose. We could start there. We could start with the Louisville game. Should Let's just start with the personal thing, get it out of the way. First of all, Kyle Guy's fiance, Alexa Jenkins, tweets uh, the other day. She says she's, she has a screenshot of a podcast, and she says, a little car ride entertainment. And that podcast was us. Seriously? She listens to the pod. She's a friend of the program. Yeah. She was listening to the podcast, saying a little car ride entertainment. She is getting her Kyle Guy updates from you and I. She's probably listening right now. Um, so I tweeted back her. I said, wow, that is a lot of breaking the fourth. These yeah, are a lot of yeah. layers that are going to this. So I said, get Kyle on the pod. And she said, I'm working on it. So uh, that's the new development for us personally. Just the quest to get Kyle on the pod. My thing is I don't even want Kyle Guy to come on as Kyle Guy. I want Kyle Guy to come on doing an impression of Jack Salt mm, the yes. entire time. Yes. I want Kyle I want Kyle Guy to do an impression of our Kyle. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. <laughs> and then, in, in a New Zealand accent. And then talk about Lamine Diane <laughs> at Cal State North Ranger. There we go. Then people will <laughs> really be done with us. That will be the end. They've held on for this long and they're like, all right, that's finally the straw. And it's over. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit. Um so, so that is that is one thing. That is one update. But more to the point, uh, Virginia was down ten and a half at Louisville on Saturday. Tate. It looked like the speaking of blowout Saturday. It looked like the Hoos might lose to the the second team that they've lost to this year. They've only the only losses they have this year to Duke. Duke yes. swept them, but uh, mm-hmm. undefeated otherwise. And then in the second half, they throw a Tony at Louisville. They hold Louisville to fifteen points, Tate, and they win by twelve. They they win the second half by twenty two points. If my math checks out. Um, DeAndre Hunter has 26. Kyle, our, our guy, goes two for eight, eight points and eight boards. Just a so-so game. Just a minute. But that's okay. That's the beauty of Virginia. DeAndre Hunter was like, I'll do it this time. And they've had problems with yeah. Louisville before. And this seemed like one of those games where I actually was, I, I was watching this sort of like intermittently back and forth. And I'd look at the score and I'd say, oh, wow, Louisville. They, they kind of got him. You know, this is, this is a big game for Louisville. They're going to bounce back. And again, the, Something's, when is the last time Louisville blew a lead like this? I'm just telling you, <laughs> mentally, it's in their head. Like they, they were in that Virginia game. They had everything set up. Uh-huh. This is what you want against Virginia. You got a lead. It's tough. This dude. is a team that they can't really bounce back from being down. And then all of a sudden, 11 points is nothing. They're back up uh, and they're making it happen. And 
So Cal Guy in the first game. Cal Guy in the first game of the week, they beat Virginia Tech. He has 23, has a big mm. big game. So we'll, we'll point that out in the Cal Guy segment, that he played really well at 23 points against Virginia Tech. Little rivalry game. That was nice. Goes down to Louisville, 8-8, eight and eight, whatever. Doesn't quite work out. But also we see what DeAndre Hunter, a man that didn't play in the 16-1 game, uh, could do for this team and also can just get them buckets when they really need someone that has to score to get them back in the game. Mm-hmm. They have him. They have him. He didn't have. He wasn't in the game last year, so that oh, was. Oh yeah, he wasn't. That's something weird. to keep an eye on. I don't know yeah. if people have forgotten that at this point, but <laughs> I am very happy that uh, DeAndre Hunter kind of showed uh, the guts so to make that happen. Uh, Virginia has now won five. They have five road ranked wins, which <clears throat> people were saying this is a record, uh, and I just took them at their word. Um, I don't know what this means by record. Is this like a school record? Is this an ACC record? Is this an NCAA all time record? I don't know, but it is a record. That's cool that they've they've beaten five teams on the road five ranked teams on the road that's pretty impressive you know what also is impressive Duke is undefeated on the road and they've played five road games or six mm-hmm. road games at this point I thought it was their ACC you know road record but no it's just a overall road record um, it's, it's all the same <laughs> yeah, it's like what the hell <laughs> uh, another Kyle guy update um, or Virginia update we should say Tony Bennett has still not said no to UCLA Tate mm-hmm. makes you think the longer he dragged this out the more I start thinking hmm Hmm. Huh. Interesting. Uh, I I have this development. I have this breaking news. So I I, I grabbed dinner with uh, Corey Alford on Saturday. Uh, he's a friend of the program. Mm. Um, Steve Alford's son, still on staff at UCLA. Uh, stuck around. So he told me I was asking about the UCLA job. I said, "Who do we think? What are we hearing?" What he said, and this was big to me. He does not think that he will be retained after this season. So. Scoop. <laughs> the son of the coach that they just Scoop. fired. <laughs> you just got scooped. Is probably not going to be around next year. Mm. So there. So look for. You never know with Godfrey some, though. Yes. Godfrey, he tries to bring people together. So look for some dominoes to fall. I think that's going to be the first dominoes. Corey Alford gets kicked to the curb, and then they he's start, at SMU. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's with Sean yeah. Miller. Everyone's like, this is all working out. <laughs> this is all checking out. Everyone is happy about uh, this. Speaking of the UCLA job, quickly, Chris Beard, uh, they blow out Kansas in mm-hmm. that game on Saturday. And I see a lot of people on Twitter saying, why doesn't UCLA go after Chris Beard? Why don't they, mm, you know, he's thought. left UNLV before. He's, you know, maybe he would do the same thing. He's got no loyalty. That's literally what they were saying about the man. And uh, and then I just read a headline that he has a back tattoo. So that's something to know. You know, like Chris Beard, whatever it takes is what I'm learning about this guy. So this is you know all. Who else has a back tattoo? Who's that? Spots. Spots. Uh, so all this is being talked about. And so I go, so in my mind, I'm like, I got to go on the message board and see what the people are saying. I go on Texas Tech's message board, and they're you know they're going crazy because this is quote unquote now a rivalry with Kansas. Uh, oh, okay, and, yeah. and it's actually gotten so far before the game. They're like, I don't know if it's a rivalry, but then they blow them out. So now, <laughs> now, it's, now, it's, not a, now it's not a rivalry oh. on their side. Like <laughs> yeah. they're just like we blow we're, them out. We're too, good not, yeah, we're too good for Kansas. Too good for Kansas. And Chris Beard, all the people in the comments are like, you know, hurt hearing UCLA rumblings, and the people were responding, "I will pay, I will donate <laughs> this much to keep Chris Beard here." And it's sort of like the Venmo thing, it's you know. Beard, put your Venmo out there. The Texas Tech people want you there. Prove it. Be a Red Raider. Send your Venmo to Chris Beard and keep him there. Yeah, because UCLA's coming. I don't know if he's going to keep Corey Alford, but they they may come calling. Uh, he hasn't said no yet either. That's so all that really is out there. Godfrey again has still said uh, please. He's saying please. He's not saying anything. He's just saying please. Yeah. please. Tony Bennett has not said no to my birthday party. He has not said no mm-hmm. to coming on this podcast. Tony Bennett is not a man who says no to anything. It's, it seems like so. I don't know. Keep an eye on that. Uh, let's move on to Kyle's guy. Kyle, as we said, is not here. 
Kyle is doing what is Kyle doing? He's upstairs with Bill Simmons and Ryan Rossello talking about LeBron James. Is it over? Is it is this the end? Is this the beginning of the end? You know what? It kind of reminds me of Patrick Ewing with the magic. (laughs) (laughs) That's what he's Uh, doing. Uh, upstairs. Kyle, so we, what do you think? Like, <laughs> so, so, so Kyle, your thoughts. <laughs> All right. <laughs> yeah, man. Uh, Robert Kraft story. That's tough. <laughs> oh, man. Kyle thinks it's so, messed up that they outed. <laughs> like, yeah. that's, that's a private I asked moment. Kyle how he th- felt about that. He's like, I don't want to talk about it. That was pretty much it. Which is, you which is like, that's perfect. the Robert Kraft yeah, answer. Exactly. Uh, so anyway, we have Craig filling in. Craig, uh, we got a little taste of Craig earlier in the show. He went to San Diego State. Um, he is. I'm not even bullshitting you, this Craig. You're the only reason I knew that San Diego State beat Nevada mm-hmm. last Wednesday when the Carolina Duke game, because everyone was talking about Zion. That was the only story, and uh, anyone wanted to talk about. And then you got a text. Are you going to talk about San Diego State? And I read it and I said, "Why would we talk about San Diego State?" And then I looked up the score that they beat the number six team in the country, and I was like, "Oh, that's kind of notable." Yeah. Um, so anyway. We briefly brought it up on our last show, uh, but we have you here now. Mm-hmm. Would you like to to talk about a game that happened last Wednesday that nobody saw and nobody cares about? Absolutely. I mean, it it was the biggest regular season win in San Diego State history. We've never beaten a top sixteen before. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. Are you serious? Yeah. Even going back to the days <laughs> you guys were actually good. Yeah, like the Kawhi days. You mean? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, we Jamal stormed, Franklin days? Yeah, sure. <laughs> Xavier Thames? Uh, yeah. Uh, we stormed the court. It was great. Xavier I almost Thames. drove down to San Diego on that day. Just Wow, it was that big of a win, huh? You almost, win. you almost drove down <laughs> yeah, to, to celebrate. <laughs> he's, in, he's in Pacific Beach just running he's around like, yelling about the Aztecs. I'd love to be in Pacific Beach. I almost <laughs> stopped drinking my Corona as I was laying on the beach. Almost <laughs> got we we don't have a producer because Craig got arrested for disorderly conduct down in Pacific Beach. Uh, uh, what's, what's going on with San Diego State right now? Uh, what, well, what, while, while Zion was playing on the East Coast, we got West Coast Zion is Matt Mitchell, who is... Hi. Hi, could I ask you a question? Sure. Are you having to move? Am I having to move? Yeah. What do you mean? Out of these offices. Uh, I don't think so. Are you with Netflix? No, I'm with The Ringer. And Netflix might be in a different, a different office in this building, though. No, I'm here. I've been here for 11 years, and I'm having to move because Netflix is... They said the whole garden's going to be empty. Oh, you know, I haven't heard anything about that. Thank you. Thank okay. Yeah, no problem. You're both together, right? Uh, yeah, this is all the ringer here, yep. <laughs> Dude, definitely keep that Dude, in. Dude, keep that in the pocket. Breaking <laughs> 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 news. Holy shit. Yeah, holy hell. Uh, holy all right, crap. well, Netflix is, uh, <laughs> well, if you like Stranger Things, <laughs> they just took our office. <laughs> holy, all right. All right. <laughs> Well, uh, not house sure of, that was. Holy house shit, house the Duffer just walked in here. And house of like, Cards just up. became House of Cards, <laughs> officially. Shonda Rhimes just came and kicked our ass out. Holy crap. All right. Yeah, so back to back to <laughs> Matt Mitchell. Back to the real topic. <laughs> Thick Matt Mitchell, the thickest athlete in SDSU history. Nice. Yeah, he's like pushing. He's like one Cali burrito away from 250. Is he fat like, or is he thick? He's fat. Okay. He's like 6'6", pushing 250. And that's your guy? That's yeah, your guy. Great. That's just, Craig's guy. Yeah, he just throws his body around. He's not very good, but <laughs> I love him. Is he a white guy? No, no, black guy. He said, "What's his name?" Matt Mitchell. Matt Mitchell, a fat Matt Mitchell, sounds like a white guy. Mm, it does. It, it sounds like Matt Mitchell sounds like it, I'm, I'm getting Matt Stainbrook vibes. There's probably like 17 Matt Mitchells at San Diego State, though. Yeah, that's yeah. That does seem like a yeah. That and is then true. Uh, we beat UNLV by one, so things are looking up. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what about like this, the overall state of the program moving forward, San Diego State? Like, are we are we what happy? Is Steve Fisher going to do? Are next? we happy with Steve Fisher? <laughs> Does he need to retire? What do you think? Yeah, is I, think it, is it, I think it's time for Steve Fisher okay. to step down. He's forgetting all the names of the players in yeah, the team. Yeah. 
What, 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 who's the coach? Dutcher? Brian Dutcher. Do we like him? Dutcher. Yeah, sure. He's just like Steve Fisher. He's been Steve Fisher's assistant for like a decade. Does he cheat? He, so he cheats a little. We need no. him to cheat a little, right? No, we're not good enough. We don't cheat. Well, that's uh, exactly. Do you want to be good or do you want to be clean? What's the move <laughs> he should do? What's the best cheating move just he should do? cheat a little bit. He should do the Flying Dutchman and then he should <laughs> really lean into the fact that California has weed that is legal mm-hmm. and then just do past the Dutchie and has sessions with his team where yeah. he sits around. And yeah, I, yeah. I actually haven't heard of any coaches and someone's going to correct me because I, I love our listeners. They'll, they'll pull up an example. But uh, I personally can't think of any coaches who went that way with the cheating. Most coaches go with the money with the cheating. Mm-hmm. I think the new way of cheating is lifestyle. Drugs. Yeah. Drugs and lifestyle and saying, if you come to our school, we will have someone pee for you for every drug test you take. And it's like that's a that's a new way of doing I it. I actually used to do that in high school. I <laughs> I used to pee for I'm my, taking piss tests. I used to pee well. for my friends because mm-hmm. I, I never I hadn't smoked weed in high school and my friends would get mm-hmm. drug tested by their parents and I used to pee in bottles for them. Craig, that's why there we're kindred go. spirits. <laughs> <laughs> Fun All right, fact. there you go. There's is that this, okay to say? No, that's no, fine. That's great. That <laughs> totally fits. It has nothing to do with basketball. That's why it fits in on this podcast. Um, <laughs> that's a good update. That was good. That was actually better than Kyle most did. Most Kyle's just kind of like I saw a guy shoot a shot once. Mm-hmm. At, I will at give the dark room. I will give Kyle's original guy a shout out. Uh, a friend of the program. I'll call him Dami. Uh, he went to the NC State game. He's a scout. Went to the NC State game just to watch Torin Dorn. He was there really? for North Carolina to watch Kobe White and Azir Little. Uh, and I guess he was going to see Jalen Horde, Wake Forest, played NC State uh, on whatever day it was. Monday, Saturday, Sunday, yeah. I think Sunday. Uh, so he went to that game, and uh, I get a picture of just Torin Dorn on the big screen and said, "Kyle's guy doing really well." So oh, nice. Kyle guy would be very happy. Uh, Kyle would Kyle would be even happier to know that Torin Dorn is being beloved. And NC State blew out Wake Forest. They're only oh, that rivalry. Congrats. Congratulations, yeah. Kevin Keats. Move Wake Forest back to Wake Forest. Yes, and still a winner. Probably fired Danny Manning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, so let's move on to Cal's guy. Uh, there are two guys that need attention for, for John Calipari's guy of the week. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one is DeMarcus Cousins. We touched on this when we were talking about the Zion stuff. Um, that basically, DeMarcus Cousins just said college basketball is bullshit. As he, a whole. He, he literally said, well, knowing what I know now, college is bullshit. College basketball in the NCAA is bullshit. And... Uh, that was endearing. That was a uh, that was great for, you know. What do you think that he knows the- now that he didn't know before? Yeah, exactly. That's weird. What, what was Cal? How was Cal brainwashing him at, while he was there to make him think that this was not bullshit? And then maybe he thought he'd make more money in the NBA. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Who knows? Uh, he he would be Cal's guy of the week if not for a man by the name of Carl Anthony Towns Tate, mm. who was in a car wreck. Missed the first two games of his NBA career. Strap snapped a streak of 303 straight games, which was the longest streak since they started recording in, in human history. They, since we've had the technology to record such a thing, mm-hmm. this was the longest streak in the NBA. This was the Cal Ripken of uh, of streaks. 303 straight games. Misses it because he gets in a car wreck. He's a passenger in a, a Hyundai Santa Fe. I, I like that this was a little uh, little branding from Hyundai that they got that into the article that they basically were like, we can withstand getting rear-ended by a semi. Um, was 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 smart by them. Gets rear ran by a semi. Uh, he was just the pa- he was in the passenger side. But the the reason we want to bring this up, he comes back. Um, he misses two games Friday and Saturday. Comes back on Monday against the Kings. Drops thirty four twenty one and five. Big game back. And his quote was this: talking about the accident. The accident could have went. I'd say I had a five percent chance of making it out alive. Towns told reporters. I hit the 5% mark. I'd say 4% was to be seriously injured and 1% was to be minorly injured, and I came out in the 1%. So Carl Anthony Towns cheated death 
and then like three days later dropped 34, 21, and five in an NBA game. That is unbelievable. That is like first ballot Hall of Fame. So he could retire now. Um, incredible stuff. Is this is one of those things where Carl Anthony Towns is going to be like, you know, when Kanye West got in the wreck and it was yeah. like post wreck, you know, it was like I died and now I'm now I'm back. Yeah. Like this is my second life. Maybe. You know, maybe this is Carl Towns. This is his calling card. He will finally live up to the quote-unquote hype, but I guess he always has been because he's been playing every— I we I think I found out that stat at the Timberwolves game that we were at. They announced that he had they started— never like, missed his Yeah, never missed yeah. a game ever or whatever. And I was like, oh, that's, I like Towns that's pretty, a lot, by yeah, the way. Yeah, me too. Exactly. I actually really genuinely like him. I like how he plays. I like his personality. I like everything about him. I don't necessarily like his assessment of— uh, Odds of survival of accidents. Five <laughs> percent seems. Yeah. Seems a little. Eh, that's that's probably that's, slightly off. I yeah. would not want him to be. I don't think his future is in working in insurance. He sounds like he's about to be a flatliner. Yeah. You know, he's <laughs> yeah. like really, he's really hyping it up to what it could be. But uh, he did. He did come back and uh, drop thirty four and twenty one and five, and that's awesome. So he's he's my pick for Cal's guy of the week. And my pick for Cal's guy of the week is going to be Boogie Cousins because he threw Jamie Lamb's shoe into the crowd last night, and and, and <laughs> Thomas Davis, linebacker for the Carolina Panthers, caught the shoe. He threw the shoe. And the ref was literally watching him do it. Like, lost his shoe. It's right in the middle of the lane. The oh play is God. still going on. DeMarcus Cousins picks it up, throws it into the crowd. <laughs> it's caught by linebacker Thomas Davis. They blow the play dead. And then he argues, like, what do you mean? Like, what, what did I do? It's like, you literally blatantly just threw a shoe into the crowd. Jamie Lamb sits down, ties his shoe back. And then DeMarcus Cousins almost gets teed up, but doesn't. Who who else did that? Uh, was that... Why is that, that coming to mind in a college game? Was that a... Uh, it's happened. It's happened. I, I feel like... It, People are going to roast me for being wrong, but this is how you know I don't actually look this stuff up. I'm just pulling it out of the top of my head. I want to say it was like Stauskas. It had something to do with Stauskas and Cameron Indoor Stadium. That's like the the, the clip that I'm seeing is Nick Stauskas. I don't know if he threw a shoe or if it was his shoe that was thrown into the Cameron Crazies, but something happened with Stauskas' shoe and Cameron. That's my guess. I don't know. Maybe I blocked out all we'll, the Nick we'll, Stauskas highlights in my head. We'll, we'll look it up after the show, but um, if I'm right, Leave it in, Craig. If I'm if I'm wrong, leave it in. I don't care. I'm I'm okay with being wrong. Um, Netflix said leave it in. Yeah, Netflix said leave it in. Uh, all right, let's 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 talk about some other games. We'll wrap this thing up. Uh, I do want to talk about the Duke Syracuse game, um, mostly because Joey Baker burned his red shirt, <laughs> yes. and that was kind of shocking that Joey Baker burned his red shirt just to come in and. I will say, I was told by a Duke source at the start of the year, if one of the three guys, and I say three because the three that they were talking about were Reddish, Zion, and RJ, if one of the three guys went down with an injury. They were going to burn Joey Baker's red shirt. And when Zion went so down. So as expected? Is that what you're saying? As expected. <laughs> as expected. <laughs> Zion Williamson goes down and Joey Baker. I cannot believe that it actually happened. But uh-huh. I was told at the beginning of the year. Because, again, we talked about this on the podcast. Why is Joey Baker at Duke? What is the point of this? Why would he Why would he skip his final year of high school to go to Duke? Because he wanted to start for, making money. It was apparently for practice. <laughs> yeah, he wants to get paid. Uh, <laughs> apparently it was for practice. He wanted to practice. Uh, but I was told at the start of the year, and this is no bullshit, that if so, one of those three guys went down, Joey Baker would burn his red shirt. And in my mind, I think that that says more about their fear of what Zion is going to do. Elaborate. In the sense that if they were really going to burn his red shirt, then they think that they're going to need Joey Baker. So you think that Zion's out for the year? No, I just think that... I don't know what I think, honestly. I, I not, just can't believe that they would do that. Well, that's what I'm saying. You, like, you bring like, up a good point, because if if Zion's coming back, why, why would, would you, you burn it for like three games? Exactly. And, unless the answer is you just really don't give a shit about Joey Baker. Which, which is probably also true as well. We're just like, who cares about this kid's career that we just burn an entire season for three games? 
And he's a great cheerleader. You know what I mean? So you've, you've <laughs> lost you've lost the cheer. You have lost that. Because he throws up the X and does all this stuff on the bench. Well, like, we talked about it. He, he brought him back from Louisville. He's the first guy that said we're winning this game. And it was a nice threat to know that there was a five-star over there that couldn't play, but maybe he could. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And now that that allure has been lost on him. And Alex O'Connell played great in that game. I do want to point that out. I mean, yeah. he, did, he did live up to what I thought he could be at one time, just coming in and scoring points. But for them to do that says to me more about the Zion situation than it does about the Joy Baker situation. But it also... In Coach K's world, I don't think he really gives a shit either way. Joey so. Baker's going to get the uh, – was it Marcus Lee on that Kentucky team yeah. in 2014 that got the treatment where like – California's own Marcus Lee, by the yeah, way. Yeah, they were going on this uh, run um, as an eight seed through the tournament. They'd lose in the title game to UConn. Um, and I forget what game it was where Marcus Lee kind of played more than he had been mm-hmm. and had a big game. And the announcer was like losing their minds. Like, where did this kid come from? And you like pull up the recruiting rankings. He's like the seventh. Five star. Yeah, he's like a five star. He's number seven recruit in the country. <laughs> That's the, we got, we got some potential with Joey Baker there that he starts like, he has a game where he scores like nine points and they're all in the second half. And they're like, where is this kid coming from? Welcome to the big and show. And it's like, yeah, give him a five star. <laughs> Could have been the number player. one player yeah. in the country yeah. in 2019. Yeah, yeah, he's a very, very good player. Um, yeah, you said Alex O'Connell was good. Uh, uh, RJ Barrett. We're starting to get the the um. RJ Barrett had a good game. RJ Barrett is a very good player. Uh, I I I'm confused by the um. I don't know how I'm going to phrase this. It's it's just sort of. It's it's weird to me the. I don't even know how to say it. It's RJ Barrett, just his whole existence is weird to me and how people are talking about it. Now the Zion's out. RJ Barrett had a great game against Syracuse, and it feels like people are using this as an opportunity to to be smarter than everyone else in the room and be like, while you guys were all focusing on Zion, I have had my eye on RJ Barrett this whole time. And now RJ's killing. It's like, I've been with RJ the whole I told you RJ was good. I told you he was he was this good. And no one ever said RJ wasn't good. I'm very confused by this, but I've been seeing. I've we been just getting said a little he bit, wasn't as good as Zion. I've yes. been getting a little bit of that since mm. the Zion went out and RJ the Syracuse game. There's a little bit of that going on within the media world where it's like, I don't know why y'all are acting surprised. I'm not surprised. And it's like no one's acting surprised. What are you talking about? Literally, no one is surprised that RJ Baird is this good. <laughs> I will tell you this. I think that no one is surprised because I was in North Carolina this weekend and I had so many people coming to me about, they did some draft preview here at the ringer.com uh, and RJ Barrett was listed, I believe fourth or something, fifth or something on that list, but behind Jarrett Culver, who's at Texas tech, mm-hmm. which is why Chris Beard maybe could be a bad guy to get that to work out, but good for mm-hmm. him. Uh, and everyone was like, yeah, isn't RJ Barrett going to be like James Harden? You know, like everyone was, mm. they're like, I'm confused as to why. Because he's left-handed. I don't know if you knew that. Exactly. Yeah, James and Harden's I, also left-handed. Well, everyone's like, oh, he shoots every time and he's left-handed. Okay, he's James Harden. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know what I mean? So it's just kind of a one-to-one. So I think everyone knows that RJ's good. The thing that's impressed me with RJ is that he is trying to, he's already got to the point where he knows how to stat pad now. Mm-hmm. He knows that I need to have 10 assists to let people know that I do pass the ball. So let me drive in the lane, drive in the lane, hand off. You finish <laughs> yeah. it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, which is nice. I, I Yeah, I think the media will do this whole flip. But if Zion doesn't come back, this is great for RJ. It's yeah. the best thing that could have ever happened Absolutely. to RJ. Because he's going to be the showcase now, which is all he's ever wanted. Well, he's going to he's gonna have really good games the next three weeks. Uh, and then right as the tournament's about to start, he will have been played played well enough to the, the, the for these next three weeks that he secures his spot as the number two pick. And then right as the tournament starts, he's like, oh, well, I'm going to sit out now. Because if I have the number two pick locked up, <laughs> and then uh, and then it's Reddish's turn, and then Reddish is gonna gonna carry Duke throughout the tournament. Um, I love the the left-handed Harden thing though. Um, it's can, can we get like, what's the most absurd comparison we should make with left-handed? We we should we should work on this. Like try to actually seriously pass this comparison off. Like a guy who is the only thing he has in common uh, in relation to James Harden and. and 
common with James Harden is that they're both left-handed. Like Jack Salt, would that be the best one? Brez Dacus. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot. There's a lot of James Harden. Brez Dacus. Brez Dacus reminds me a lot of James Harden. Be like, what? That's a Jalen move during on draft night. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, Here are my three people that he reminds me of. It's like three people uh, that had like literally no, Rod Strickland. Isn't Bob Sarah for Grayson Allen? I about shit my pants laughing. I was, oh, that was so great. Um, uh, the other thing I was gonna say: Syracuse five for twenty three from the three point line. Duke was nine for twenty nine from the three point line. Tate. I have zero data to back this up, but I swear to God, every box score I look at in college basketball, I mean, you feel it when you're watching the games, but then you look at the box scores and then backs it up. Everyone's taking 33s. 33s, and everyone, every team in the country shooting 25% from the three-point line. Mm-hmm. This is, this is I have no data to back it up, but this is, without question, as the historically the worst shooting season in college basketball history. I'm certain of it. It doesn't matter if it's right. It's like saying it's a historically weak bubble. It doesn't actually have to be true. You just have to feel like it's true. That's how I feel about the, the three-point shooting this year. Teams are jacking threes. Every single game, it's like, oh, this is a tough game for this team from the three-point line. It's like, that's the norm at this point. I don't think we should act surprised that Syracuse goes 5 for 23. This is a bad... I mean, I don't mean to pile on Syracuse or whatever. It's like across the board. All these games, I see. It's crazy. Um, like Carolina did against Duke, right? Two for 20. Yeah. It's crazy. Like the worst of the Can anybody show. hit... Yeah. Speaking of Carolina, real quick, your thoughts. You're at the game against Florida State. Carolina's back. I, I jokingly said a couple weeks ago, or a week or whatever, I lose track of time all the time. Um, but... uh. We thought I said Carolina was screwed, but Kobe White's fun to watch. Carolina's not so screwed anymore. And the They're thing about it basketball. is that Kobe White's been MIA. He's been awful. Yeah, we haven't seen the real games. Kobe White. Uh, he's been basically lost in translation at this point. And we have uh, Cam Johnson, who was also there getting scouted. And everyone was like, why would I not like this 6'9 guy that can snipe and pull up whenever mm-hmm. he wants to and decides that if he has a little bit of room, he can take a shot. A lot of Kevin Durant in his game. Yeah, a lot of— <laughs> Oh, my God. Just like Kevin Durant. Uh, the thing that really stood out to me in that game is obviously Leonard Hamilton was— Unbelievable. He's on another level. He was just sitting on the bench. I mean, he pretty much come to the term. They'd won eight in a row going to the game. So Leonard Hamilton, I think he went to his team before the game was like, we're going to get our ass kicked. It's all right. Like, we'll, we'll take this one. This will teach us. They almost us. blew it against Notre Dame last night, too, by the way. Exactly. So the, they're in that world. But they have this guy, uh, Raekwon Gray, which I is a freshman that I haven't given enough time to. He actually is Zion Williamson. Mm. He is 6'8". He is 265, 20 pounds less than Zion. So he's probably like a Jeep going seven miles per hour okay. uh, if he were to run over you. But he he's had a Jeep g- compass instead of a Grand Cherokee. Yeah, he's, <laughs> but he's something to keep an eye on because uh, he was great in this game. He was like the one bright spot to me for Florida State. I mean, Terrence Mann's been there forever, but uh, Raekwon Gray was the guy. And he plays, looks like Zion. Like I mean, has the same build and everything. He's uh-huh. from uh, Broward County. I mean, it, it's all it all set up for uh, a great moment in time where I'm like, I want Raekwon Gray to go up against Zion one day and we'll see what's going like sort of in the same vein as Deontay Burton which I is someone that no okay. one will care you know yeah. compare Zion to Deontay Burton or even know who that is probably but Raekwon Gray uh, was fun to watch in that game and then just the the atmosphere in Chapel Hill everyone is on cloud nine which gets me a little bit concerned because Ooh. because everyone is so high on the fact that North Carolina we beat we Duke, Duke and Cameron yeah and the last time North Carolina swept Duke 2009 they won the national title Yes. And now you have a chance at home. If Zion doesn't play in Chapel Hill, if his knee is still you know, not going mm. so well, you you sweep him, uh, you kind of brush it under the rug, and then you go to the tournament and you're saying, we're 2-0 and against Duke. They got these three. Uh-huh. They got the greatest recruiting class they've ever had, quote-unquote, and they got swept by Carolina, by Luke May, by Cam Johnson, by Kenny Williams. Yeah. That's hilarious. That now, is that kind is of funny. Pure, that is pure that would comedy. be kind of funny. That is pure yeah. comedy. Uh, so everyone is sort of living in that world of that utopia of, oh, my God, we get to play Duke at home and we're playing – not that great, but we're still winning games. Do you want to be a one seed? 
Do you buy into like the uh, actually a two seed might be better because it's less of a target in the NCAA tournament? Because um, Carolina is like sneakily in the Number running five in the for, nation. Yeah. They're sneakily in the the running for a one seed, and they played all the other top four teams. So that's the uh, you know that, that's pretty much I, we that's talked about before saying, we got yeah. on the air. It's like the top five teams right now. I believe are the top five teams. Maybe we take Michigan out, put in Michigan State, and then Tennessee is like that six team right there on the bub mm-hmm. right there on the bubble. And those are the best teams in college basketball right now. And Carolina happens to be in that crop. I don't think I think I think the Big Ten is. I I, I mean. I'm, maybe I'm just jaded because I'm a Big Ten fan and I really want us to beat. But I don't. I don't. I don't think Michigan, Michigan State, Michigan aren't winning a national title. They're 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 not. I can't see them beating like I can't see them beating like Virginia on Saturday and then Carolina on Monday to win the title. You know, like they they could beat one of those teams any given night, but they're not winning six in a row. Like Michigan, that off that Michigan offense is not winning six in a row. That Michigan State roster is not winning six in a row. So um, for me, it's like Gonzaga. Duke, Virginia, Carolina, Kentucky, and then Tennessee if they can figure it out. And it's like those six, but it's really those five. And Tennessee, Tennessee, Tennessee has like one foot still in the water, they're, but they're kind of getting out of the pool. They've kind of had enough. Yeah, they're worried about, you know, Catan or whatever else yeah. is going on. Whatever <laughs> whatever oil they need on the right side of, of uh, history, I guess. Uh, I do think it's funny that uh, at this point in the season, everyone is sort of kind of stopped talking about Gonzaga. And I think, yeah. and I think that's the best thing that could ever happen to them well, because they are right now. I mean, that is the team that's like everything dude. is ready and put together for them to make a real title run. And everyone still wants to figure out, well, what's Duke going to look like when Zion gets back? Right. You know, is Kentucky really the team to watch out for? Are they really the preseason number one that we thought they were? Carolina's getting hot at the right time. You know what I mean? But no one has pointed to the fact that Gonzaga has all the pieces and they beat a healthy Duke team with Zion on a neutral court. Carolina, I will say, the one thing working against Carolina is they're not as interesting to me and. Regards it like Duke is interesting for obvious reasons. Yes. Um, don't really need to to believe at that point. Uh Gonzaga is interesting for the 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 Mark Few has it's unbelievable the last 20 years the the climb Gonzaga has been on. They almost got to the mountaintop. They have I think their team this year is better than it was two years ago. Agreed. Um so that's the crown jewel. He still wants to win the title. That's an awesome story that they have going on there. And their their offense is like unbelievable. One of the one of the best offenses. I mean, I'm not going to say I'm not going to do the uh, the thing that NBA people do with with Luca and say he's the greatest rookie since last year when Ben Simmons because that's kind of how I feel about Gonzaga's offense. Is you want to say it's like the greatest ever, and then you're like, oh yeah, Villanova last year. Mm-hmm. Okay, maybe not. Um, but yeah, Gonzaga's offense is incredible. So they're they're a very interesting team for like storyline reasons. Virginia is obviously interesting. Um, losing to a Redemption. 16 seed, yep. never been to the Final Four mm-hmm. uh, under Tony Bennett. That's obviously interesting. Kentucky is interesting because their season started in the most humiliating way you can possibly imagine. Uh, getting embarrassed on national television, not just national television, but in a marquee game. Everybody's watching. Two biggest blue bloods going on in college basketball right now. Absolutely humiliated. Uh, and they they are starting to figure it out. And that would be a cool story if they win a title or, you know, their their tie their their season is bookended by getting the shit kicked out of them and winning a national title. That would be kind of interesting. And I don't know what Carolina's story is. Carolina's Carolina story is in. how is this happening? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I mean, quite quite literally, how is this happening? And Nasir Little came out and did this whole. It ended up being a big quote, and uh, you know, I was nice enough to get a little word with him and. You know, oh, okay. Yeah, puts it out the scoop. Puts it scoop? out to the world that you know, basically, I don't understand the ESPN coverage of Zion. Zion's my friend. I don't understand how it always comes back to Zion. They get beat by sixteen by Carolina, but somehow it's about Zion getting injured and not mm-hmm. about us beating him by sixteen. And then he doubled down on it later. And then he, yeah. and he said, "I said what I said." <laughs> what I said, bitch. Yeah. And then moved yeah. on. And then you know, he has a, a big game against Florida State with a, a Florida State team that is filled with 
I mean, Kumaji, Kabangali, all these guys, all these athletes on Florida State, and Nazir Little looked like the best athlete on the floor. Has some Who big did he dunk on? I forget. Was it man? Kabangali. Oh, it was Kabangali. Okay. Yeah, and, and he didn't even know he dunked it. That's why I didn't celebrate. They, yeah. they like sent me the film room of it. He's like, I didn't even know I made it. I thought he blocked it. That's why I didn't celebrate. <laughs> Which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> he was like, uh, I guess imagine, that. <laughs> imagine like being able to do that and you don't even, you know, like you and I are sitting here like if we ever did that, I would just, I would, my body would just like, I would just ascend into heaven. Oh, like, I, oh I, my God. Tired like, signal so I could go yeah. out and get a standing ovation. Just, yeah, yeah. And this guy's like, what happened? Did I, did I do that? <laughs> yeah, oh, did I do that? Uh, and so like that whole story, that is the most interesting storyline to me for Carolina is basically the, the snubbing of Nazir Little's career yeah. arc because everyone's like, well, Roe Williams is going to hold back the freshman. McDonald's MVP, right? Yeah, yeah. So no one's going to— up Zion. Yeah, so no one's going to talk about him. And that and that is if he makes an actual tournament run where he ends up being he and Kobe, the two best players mm-hmm. on the team in the tournament— that's interesting. That'd be interesting. But I don't think yeah. that's actually going to happen because, again, yeah. Luke May's got to take them shots. Yeah, Luke May's going <laughs> to— Keep Luke shooting, May's, Luke. Luke May's going to go 3 for 12 in a game, <laughs> and then Roy's going to get in the press conference and be like, and, and, and Nasir Little's going to play 12 minutes in that game, and Roy's going to get in the press conference and be like, there's nothing we could have done. Uh you know, Villanova's just making shots tonight. And, and, then, <laughs> and then someone's going to write up the report. If Dean Smith could hold Michael Jordan under 20, if he's the only one that could do that, then Roy Williams is the only man that could hold Nazir Little yeah. <laughs> under 20 points. And then, of course. Uh, real quickly, let's touch on it. Um, many people are saying, Tate, you brought it up a little bit. Kansas gets blown out at <laughs> Texas Tech. Loses by 29, I believe the final margin was. It was uglier than that. Um, it was ugly. It was not as close as the score indicates, and they lost by 29. Is this the year that Kansas loses the Big 12 title? It's something that I think you should start thinking about if you haven't already, folks. But then Big Monday rolls around. Kansas is down two games in the standings to Kansas State. And, huh, they destroy Kansas State in Fog Allen. That's crazy. Who saw that coming? Is this the year? Three, what is there, three games left? Three games left. Um, Kansas State still has to lose one more. So I should say that like I think Kansas is going to run the table. Um, I, I feel confident about that. Although... I doubled down on my my thought that Kansas has not won all these titles. It's Kansas fans. It's Fall Gallon Fieldhouse that has won all these Big 12 titles because they are electric. This year mm-hmm. is the most obvious example of this. Kansas is 2 and 7 on in road games this year, Tate. They're 16 and 0 at home. They're a completely different team at home. If you play the NCAA tournament in Fall Gallon Fieldhouse and Kansas gets all their home and you sell nothing but Kansas tickets, they're winning the national title. And this is like the worst team that they've had in a long time. I don't even, and I don't even think they would be good even if Vic was still around and Azubuke was still around. I don't even think they would like they, the wheels were starting to fall off and then they completely fell off, and yet they still have a chance because they play in the greatest home court environment in college basketball. And it was insane leading into that game. I mean, poor Kansas State. I mean, they had really no shot because of how loud it was in there. Dean Wade's looking around. He's like, I had no idea that a place could be this electric, this crazy. I do want to figure out what it was called before the Sunflower Showdown because I do not believe that was the name of it. They didn't start playing each other until like four years ago, I think. Oh, really? Okay. I'm I'm just making that up. I'm just confused. It is is very weird. I've never heard that name, and this year I heard it so much. Here's what happened. Uh, You had the Kansas-Missouri rivalry. That was the the real rivalry. Yeah, yeah. They hated each other. It was a legit rivalry, whatever. Missouri goes to the SEC. The rivalry stops. They it's don't actually play each other. Kansas City. Kansas State kind of gets good. What was it? 2013. Kansas State won the title with. Uh, I, I don't remember if it was 2013, but that for some reason that that's the year that popped up in the mind. Um, that they shared the title with Kansas. Kansas like Bruce Weber has been okay. Kansas State goes to the lead eight last year. Mm-hmm. Um, so now all of a sudden 
it's like we need to fill that fill that void of not having Missouri. Let's make Kansas State like is there actually a rivalry here? Oh my god, it might be a rivalry. Is Kansas State going to end the streak? Is this there's there's something well, going well, on here? Yeah, nothing with Texas then, Tech. That th- rivalry. So they're like over. hyping up this big Monday. They're talking about this big rivalry, that this new rivalry, whatever. And then they always show the stats of Kansas. Kansas State has won six games in the last 107 years in Foggout Fieldhouse. <laughs> and you're like, oh, but I'm sure Kansas State just always, you know, I'm sure they return the favor at home. And it's like, Kansas State has won 12 games in their home arena against Kansas in the last 200 years. And you're like, what? <laughs> is this really a rivalry? What <laughs> yeah, the fuck? This is a huge rivalry. Um, but as we said, Kansas can run the table uh, and still lose. Still lose the Big 12. Kansas State has three games left. They still have to lose one of these for Kansas to get their share of Tate. They're at Baylor. They're or no, they're home against Baylor. Um, who is still, I think, technically in it because they have five. I think Baylor has five losses, so Baylor's still technically alive. Uh, at TCU and at home versus Oklahoma, they're going to lose one of those. Yeah, no I feel, question about it. I feel like Scott Drew is going to he's going to prove it. Yeah, it's time for Scott Drew. Like Baylor, Baylor is gunning for their title as well, their piece of the title. Then you're going to to my my team at TCU. Uh, that's always a tough place to play. Mm-hmm. You know, we we know how good TCU is. Um, and then Oklahoma's still like on the bubble a little bit, so that's going to be an interesting game too to end the season. Like Oklahoma might have to win it to to secure their spot because they're going to lose. And they're a good win for Oklahoma over Shaka Smart uh, yeah. this weekend as well. So so I'm not, not a rivalry. I'm not a yeah. I'm a, I'm not a I'm not buying into the Kansas streak being over until until it's over. And even then, I'm not buying into it. Yeah, I'm going to wait for. It, <laughs> it's sort of like the Josh Langford thing. I don't believe it until no. I believe it. You know. And even when it happens, like I'm still going to. I got to wait like 15 years for like. How do we know that like Bruce Weber is not going to get sanctioned and then like this whole season vacated for Kansas State? Because that would that would make a ton of sense, you know, that Kansas is getting investigated and then Kansas State gets punished. Um, couple shout outs before we go. Mahershala Ali played at St. Mary's. Yep. People forget. Mm-hmm. Uh, one a couple people Oscars. do actually forget. Yeah, I saw I saw a clip of him. Um, that was circulating on the internet. I don't know if it was Sports Illustrated or Sports Center, whoever dug it up and they were putting it on Twitter of him playing. And he has that steal, and it looks like he's going to just. Did you see this? Mm-hmm. He has a breakaway steal, and you're like, oh, shit. He's just going to fucking throw this down like crazy. And then he, like, blows a tire and just kind of softly lays it up. That was pretty disappointing, if I'm being honest. I don't know. What did he average? 3.6 points per game? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. I was impressed. Um, so, good shout out to Gales. him. The Gales. It's good for college basketball, all of college basketball, that we're out there winning Oscars. Um, good for us. Uh also, I want to quickly wrap this up with the Pac-12 update. I do a weekly Pac-12 update. It's becoming my favorite part of the show because the Pac-12 is horrendous. Um, and now I'm out here. I'm out here in Pac-12 country. I can get some boots on the ground journalism with the Pac-12. Washington has clinched at least a share of the conference title. They are in the AP poll, Tate. They are ranked 25th. Uh, Matisse Thibault is averaging 3.6 deals. That leads the country. Nice. He's averaging 2.3 blocks. That leads the Pac-12 and is in the top 25 in the country. This man is incredible. Um, but he's also playing against like a bunch of middle schoolers in the Pac-12. At Cal. Still, impre- yes, yeah, at that, Cal. That, the Viking Jones. Well, that okay. brings out here's, here's part of my Pac-12 update. Mm-hmm. I want to play this game with you. First of all, I wanted to shout out. Well, let me first shout out Jalen Hand. Scores 27 points in the second half against Oregon. I did see that. Uh, UCLA was down 16. Jalen mm-hmm. Hand drops 27, and they win. That was good. And then I wanted I wanted to wrap up the show and the Pac-12 update with this. I wanted to play a game called Better or Worse Than Cal on Ken Palm. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to give you. <laughs> A school, a team. Mm. You tell me, is are they on currently on the Ken Palm rankings? Are they it does Ken Palm consider them better than Cal or worse than Cal? And I should say, I can't look this up because I don't have a Ken Palm account. So all oh, of this okay. I am I am this is all off the dome. I have no idea. There is no cheating here. 
Um, all right, here we go. Army. Better. They are better. Of course. Coach K, is, uh, Coach K. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to preface it with this. Cal is Cal is 281 on Ken Palm. There are, I believe, 353. <laughs> there are 353 teams in Division One. Cal is ranked 281. They also are defeated in the Pac-12. I've not won yeah, a game in the Pac-12. Horrible. One of yes. the worst power yes. fi- power conference teams of all time, if not the worst. So they're 281. Army is better at 257. Um, Navy better, worse. They're at 306. Mm. Uh, George Washington got to be better. They are better. 278, George Washington. Tommy Total. Alter, friend of the program. Yeah. <laughs> God, friend is one word for it. Um, uh, you know, as an aside, I'm so glad, I told Tommy this, I'm so glad he came on the podcast because a lot of shows, a lot of people will ask like, uh, who's the worst guest you've ever had? And people get bashful about it and don't want to answer. Mm-hmm. And you don't want to like throw people under the bus. I've seen this happen. Like I went, I saw a, a, a taping at Kimmel show and that was like an audience question. It was like, who's the worst? They asked, they asked Jimmy, who's the worst guest you ever had? He's like, I don't want to answer that. Uh, I'm glad Tommy came on our show because now I will always have an answer. Who's the worst guest you ever had? I don't have to feel bad about it. I can point straight to it. And he loves it. He yeah. loves to be the worst. So anytime anyone asks me, I don't have to be like, oh, well, you know, I thought Graham Couch was pretty good, but I don't want to say bad. It's like, no, it's fucking Tommy Alter. Tommy Alter was definitely the worst. Uh, George Washington is, is better than Cal. Uh, James Madison. Better. They are also better. 266. The ECU um, of Virginia. Great school. Grambling State. Oh, man. I used to, I had a bunch of friends that used to fix games at Grambling State back in the day. <laughs> uh, man, I'm going to say better. They are better. Yeah. They're two spots better than Cal. Nice. Grambling State. Nice. A SWAC team. Um, UNC Wilmington. Of Got to be better. They're definitely better. Yeah, they recruited come on, me. CB McGrath. Come on. They recruited me. So that's how you know. Uh, Devontae Kaycock. Always yeah. better. Um, Chicago State. Worse. They are worse. Of course they of are. Of course they're they, worse. Are they the Suck worst? What are they, what are they, 353? They're 351. <laughs> they're, they're better than two teams. I I want to see them drop all the way down. Ugh, Karma. Terrible so, hire. You know, I would I would definitely have had them at like 345 at least. They're at 351, those idiots. Uh, Cleveland State. The NCAA got so mad, they punished Cleveland State, Tate. Better. They are slightly worse. They're 292. Ooh. Slightly worse. And then finally, Cal State Northridge. <laughs> got to be better. Come on. Definitely better. Better by 12 spots. And that puts them at spot number 269. And we got Ron Artest the third at Cal State <laughs> Northridge now. We got Lamini Diane. I'll wrap it up with this. Uh, there are six Division One schools in the UC system, University of California. <laughs> Where does Cal rank on Kim Palm of those six? six. You, have, you have Irvine, Santa Barbara, Davis, six. UCLA, Riverside, and Cal. Six. They're fifth. They're better than Riverside. Riverside. Riverside's I, was like, I was like, Riverside's the only but one I'm Davis, worried about. Davis, Santa Barbara, Irvine, UCLA are all better than them. Congratulations, so, UC go. Irvine. That's the game. That's the game. That's the. Uh, w- we might revisit that if Cal continues to. We'll probably play that one more time. I can find some other schools. That's fun. Um, anything else before we go? Uh, I'm just. Viking Jones is very excited about Jalen Brown being uh, elected as vice president of the NBA PA. So mm, that's one thing for Viking. Good for Viking. Isn't yeah. isn't like Cal bankrupt? By the way, is like a, not bankrupt, but like aren't, aren't they have money problems or something? Not. I don't know. I'm. I'm I think the California system in general probably has you know some payment problems because UCLA that was what they said they had problems trying to find someone to pay. Or maybe it's the athletic athletic department or something. I don't know. Hire Jason Kidd. Just do it. I mean, there's got to be a reason why Keith Jones is still coaching at Cal. I don't know. I mean, just look at this picture of him with the basketball (laughs) right there. I mean, that that's my coach. Incredible. All right, that's the show. We will be back Friday. We're going to do some dirty laundry. We also have a special guest. Hopefully. I don't, I don't, I get, never mind. Forget I said that. We might have a guest. Um, 
But we will be back on Friday. Thanks for listening. See you then. Thanks again to Hotel Tonight. Hotel Tonight makes it easy to book awesome hotels at amazing rates. They're like a matchmaker between top-rated hotels with unsold rooms and people who want to book those rooms. And Hotel Tonight isn't just for last-minute bookings. You can book for tonight, tomorrow, and beyond. It's perfect for planners, procrastinators, and everyone in between. Find sweet deals at cool hotels you'll actually want to stay at. Go to hoteltonight.com or download the app now. Chris Beard has a back tattoo. <laughs>